0: I am so excited for this episode because I have my sister-in-law, Caroline, on here. We're doing a little guest interview to share her testimony and her story, conceiving. And I'm super excited because we actually have some, some similarities in working with our naturopath doctor, Dr. Zen, who we've had on this podcast before. And Caroline is actually the person who recommended us to her when we were starting to have some conversations with our family about what's going to happen around baby number two. So I'm really excited that she's open to sharing her story and what God's done in their life and what God has done and taught her through her journey. Hey friends, welcome to the Waiting Well podcast. I am your host, Courtney Dunker, and you are here because your journey to motherhood has not looked the way that you always imagined. It has held heartbreak, loneliness, and questions like, Why me, God? I'm here to remind you that you do not have to walk this road alone. And here we can wait well together. Each week, I will share faith based encouragement from my own infertility journey. Provide information from guest experts on navigating infertility and conceiving, powerful testimonies, and top tips on stewarding your health and emotional well-being through this demanding journey. So if you are ready to take back control of your life, find peace with God, join the in-between spaces and thrive in your waiting season, then meet me at the well, girl. Grab that warm chocolate chip cookie, a little bit of unicorn juice or iced coffee. We've got some intentional growth to do. Let's get it. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to talk to you about natural deodorants. In episode nine of the podcast, I had a guest speaker. She's a naturopathic doctor, and she was sharing tips on increasing fertility. And one of those things was really cleaning up the toxins in our environment. And I was sharing with her that actually, over the last few years, I've been on a journey of doing that myself in my own home. And one of those things was deodorant that I switched. Like I went from using just the -the over-the-counter like basic target deodorant to switching up to a more natural deodorant. And so I came across this company called Wild. They are UK's number one natural deodorant company that focuses on performance, sustainability, and style. They are on a mission to clean up the bathroom and they want to free the bathroom from ugly single-use plastic bottles and unnecessary chemicals, which is perfectly in alignment with the tips that Samantha was sharing on episode nine. And so anyway, I really do believe that a lot of us being able to conceive naturally, my husband and I, after literally zero positive pregnancies for six years, had to do with us switching and making these lifestyle changes. Now, I don't think it's everything. I do believe Obviously, in God's timing, but I think we, you know, as stewards of our bodies, it's important that when we're educated on how toxins and chemicals and all these things can make an impact on your body, specifically what we put on our body and in our body, that we have a responsibility as the stewards of these physical bodies to take care of that. So I really do believe in that. And I know I've had people message me, like, what do you recommend? What do you suggest? And so wild would be a great deodorant to begin with and to start using. It is one that actually works. It's so cute when it comes in the package, like you can actually change out the different little flavors of like what you're rolling on you, which is amazing. So it's all customizable with the case and color and the scent combinations, which I love. And then it's also eco-friendly and all natural ingredients. So it's aluminum and paraben free, as well as vegan and cruelty free no harsh chemicals, but it still is going to work. And that was one thing I was kind of worried about being an athlete. I'm like, okay, but I sweat and I smell. I'm not like one of those girls that like just slightly glistens and like, you know, cannot go without a shower or whatever. And so anyways, it's made all the difference for me and they sent me some of it to try. And I have just been loving the switch of making that natural deodorant. So I highly recommend checking them out. You can actually get 20% off your first order. When you use the code The Waiting Well, and that will give you 20% off trying this. And I think it is worth the effort to actually try and switch up this part of your product if you have not done that yet, or if you haven't found one that you like. Again, the code is Waiting Well, 20% off of your first order. And we're so thankful for companies like this that are just pioneering and helping us create changes to increase our fertility. Caroline, why don't you open up and kind of just like give us a little intro, a little bit more about yourself and where you're starting this story, and we can pick up from there. Sure.
1: I guess I could go back to, all the way back to newly married, (laughs) if we want to go back that far, but as newlyweds, we kind of wanted our own time and to just kind of get to know each other before having children, and then it was kind of like our hearts changed suddenly. We had been praying about it, but we really hadn't seen families or, or like wanted to have children up until then, just because I, sinfully so, was kind of like viewing them as burdens. I would go out to restaurants and see kids having fits, and Brandon and I would be sitting there having our nice, quiet dinner. And it just was so nice. And then we started to pray about it, and it was like overnight, we recognized that we were just so wrong. And so we almost immediately after that started trying. And then Brandon actually ended up leaving for Japan for six months. So in the midst of us trying, he left for work to go to Japan. And, and I was thinking that I was going to get there right away, but then it just didn't end up happening. So that in itself was so trying to our trying to conceive journey just because it's It's one thing to like have the hope of like potentially getting pregnant. And then it's another thing entirely when you're like, well, there's absolutely no chance that I'm pregnant right now because I'm not with my husband. So by the time I got to him, it had been, I think, nine months of us trying to conceive and only like three of actually trying. So our story is just a little bit different in that way. But then when I got there, I was like, okay, this is it. Like we're here now, like we went through that trial that God wanted us to go through and like, we've made it. And it just didn't happen. We just kept trying and it, I think it ended up being about a year and a half. And then we reached out to to Dr. Zen. And my thinking in doing that was just wanting to get to the bottom of it because I knew that like, as women, our bodies are made to reproduce but I couldn't understand why mine wasn't. And I just felt like I was failing in some way. And I kind of took it personally that like my body was failing. So I got checked, Brandon got checked and Brandon was good to go. And I was like, Oh, of course, you know, so it's me. I was like, all right, it's my fault then. So we went to Dr. Zen and I just really, I wanted to have like a thorough exam and her tell me like, This is what it is. And this is what we can do about it. Just me and my personality. Like even when I clean my room, I don't just like wipe down the surfaces. I'm like pulling everything out of the drawers and, and like refolding and it's perfect. So that's just kind of like how I'm wired anyway. It's just like, let's dig and dig and dig. And we're going to figure out what it is. And then in my mind, I was thinking worst case scenario, I'm in better health, you know, like if, if, all in all, we figure out things and I still am not getting pregnant. I'm in better health than I was before. So, you know, to kind of interrupt
0: real quick, I think that's something that like for you guys, as you were exploring this, did any other treatment options come up in conversation of what you would pursue? Or were you guys always like, we want to go with a naturopath? Because I don't think that's like Mm -hmm. common, I would say. Like, I feel like a lot of people will go more of the conventional route of just going straight to like a reproductive and endocrinologist. I can never say that word. (laughs) Good thing the Lord never (laughs) told me to do that because I could never pronounce what my job would be. (laughs) But kind of just to like put a pause on that, how did you guys make the decision to to look at this specifically?
1: I really didn't. Consider anything else, just because I, I, and you know, Brandon, Brandon, my husband, he's super into like the I guess you could call him crunchy, like the naturopathic type of thing. Um, so he was really pushing me that way too. But I think in my mind, I just I kind of viewed anything else as like a band aid almost, because ultimately I thought there's something going on in my body, and I want to know what it is. Anything else would just be me trying to like put a Band-Aid on the actual issue. But that's just how I viewed it just because of how my brain works in trying to like get to the bottom of things. But I know that, I mean, that's not going to be the case for everyone. But I do think it is a good route to take just to know, like to get to the bottom of it, have your blood work in front of you. And you can see what your body is doing. There's not a question about it. And that part is super helpful in like how you're going to go about getting into better shape to like make your body a better place to host a baby.
0: Yeah, no, I love that perspective. And I do, I think when I look back, I see it that way, but at the time I didn't see, I didn't know there were alternative options. And that's why I like doing these conversations and talking with people who have had different, you know, that God has worked in different ways because I do want to equip more women to know that you don't have to go straight to IUI. You don't have to go straight to IVF because there are pieces of that journey that I don't know, you know, that I battle a little bit with. And so it's like having, hearing some other options are so helpful. So, okay. So you made this decision. You're like, I'm going to get healthier either way. That was kind of your heart position going into it. And then, you know, you can pick up from there. And I love your personality is so different than mine because I'm like, Oh, it's put away. It's clean. It's all good. <laughs> but I love that you're like, okay, I'm going to dig. And that's something I've had to learn to get better at on this journey, you know, to be your yeah, like advocate.
1: I would say too, like the, the digging is like the harder option because it's more long suffering. It's more of like a slow process. Whereas if you did something like IUI or like IVF, you kind of like, you know, that you're taking that step right now to do what you want to do. But and we can touch on this later, but like I also viewed that like I, I wanted it right now. Like I wanted to have a baby immediately. I mean, if you're trying, like who doesn't want that? But it was such a like long, slow process that it allowed me to learn so much about my own heart that I wouldn't have learned if I had just like gotten what I wanted right away, you know?
0: And that... So what did that- God... Yeah. Like what did God reveal in that? Like as far as, cause I'm sure there was moments where you're like, obviously, yes, you on the one hand, you had the perspective of like, I'm just going to get healthier doing this option. But there's the other part of you that's like, but I, I want to get a pregnancy out of this. So how do you feel like you managed your heart and your relationship with the Lord in those both expectations and also like finding peace with his timing and what maybe his plan would be when you didn't know what it would be?
1: That was so hard for me, because for one, I realized over this process that I had, and this is something that isn't talked about a ton, but I had made an idol of having a baby, which you would think is hard to do because it's such a good thing. But when you want a good thing too much, it becomes an idol. Anything you want more than God becomes an idol. And I had quickly Made it one. I mean, it was, it consumed my whole life. It was everything to me to just make sure I had a baby. And then with that, like creating an idol of this child came like self pity and not being able to be happy for others when they were pregnant or having babies or whatever. Like I just had such a hard time with getting out of myself. It was like me, me, me. Like, why isn't this happening for me? which was also super dangerous, just questioning God. Like, why, God, why? Like, you may never know. But even now, looking back, I can see, like, how much I grew in that time period. But it was really just in that aspect, it was—I had learned that I had made an idol of having children. And it's something that can—it happens so easily. I mean, we make idols of everything. Our hearts are designed to worship, and they're designed to worship God. But if they're not worshiping God, they're going to worship something. So it's just, you really have to nail that down first. So walk us through like how
0: you navigated that and like anything that helped you. Because I think the battle becomes, how do I not make an idol of this? But I Mm -hmm. still want to try to conceive. Oh, yeah. So like, what steps did you take, like both on a spiritual and then a practical level working with Dr. Zen, like? walk us through what your protocol was, what you learned about yourself. And then maybe you can touch too on like practical things that you did to like, kind of keep your heart in check if you did, or if you didn't, maybe looking back what you wish you would have done. If Mm -hmm. that's like, if hindsight, you know, we're always wiser in hindsight. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, first of all, I'll say that it's, it was so hard and my heart goes out to anyone who is trying to conceive Even women I talk to now who like, they're just like, yeah, but you're on the other side. And I understand that, but I was in it too. And I didn't know there was another side and my heart goes out to them because I know that that is so hard. It's such a good desire to want, but wanting it too much can cause trouble. So I got really good at preaching God's word back to myself. And taking my thoughts captive, I think I didn't realize how quickly I was spiraling out of control. And like, it kind of felt good to like sit in those thoughts and like simmer and let myself feel bad for myself or, you know, like, oh, poor me. Like, (laughs) I didn't say it like that, but that's kind of where my mind was going is just like, okay, Lord, there are these people around me who don't love you and they're getting pregnant and they didn't even try. so. Like, why? Why am I not getting pregnant? And it just would go and go and I would just spiral. So I really learned how to like stop those thoughts before they got too out of control and preach God's word back to myself. I also really tried to lean into serving others because it's really hard to think about yourself when you're thinking about others. I clung to, what was it? Philippians 2, 3. Do nothing of selfish ambition but consider others more important than yourselves. Or <laughs> I should probably pull up the actual verse. But, <laughs> but so just trying to like serve others and love others. And at the end of the day, it was it was harder to think about myself whenever I was thinking about others more. And so that helped a ton with my discontentment as well. And just just honestly trying to focus on myself a little less. And then it was helpful to know that I was seeing doctors in and we were getting to the bottom of things and she was running blood work. And honestly, like she didn't see anything that was super crazy on my blood work. It was just a bunch of little things that needed to be tweaked here and there, which is just so crazy how the body all works together. Even like a few little things can turn into one big thing like infertility. So we just started working on the little things and it started with diet, which we would have considered ourselves super healthy but we cut out processed foods soda we cut out certain oils like canola oil vegetable oil cooking with that any candy alcohol coffee and that is like it sounds crazy but we started small and we over time kind of added all these things together and now we are like i said we're in better health knowing these things So it's been helpful overall just to apply these things to our lives and obviously with fertility as well. And that was kind of
0: one of the things that I wanted to get out of our conversation was people knowing that from, from the outside, like I would say of all of us. So I have two siblings. I have an older sister, younger brother. So she's married to my brother, Brandon. And I would say Brandon is probably the healthiest physically, like of all of us, because I would, I've, Fall kind of in the middle. It depends on the day <laughs> or the season of life where I'm like, oh, I'm just really, you know, us girls, we really love our desserts and Brandon does too, but I feel like he's got better discipline. Maybe I don't know. You live with him now. <laughs> um, but so for me, when you guys were sharing kind of what you did, I was like, geez, that is like in my head, I'm sure there are so many people that fall in the similar category of like, you're young, you're healthy, like Brandon's an athlete, like they're. On paper, you would think there wouldn't be a reason that lifestyle diet, all that kind of stuff would impact your fertility in any capacity because and even if it didn't be like it wouldn't have that big of an impact because like for the most part, you're healthy, and I think we can fall into even that trap. so walk us through like those changes like how how long did you make because that was different than me. My approach was a little less nutrition focus more supplementing like with iron and some other things but she was a little bit more casual because I was still breastfeeding and just keeping calories and all that and I also was pretty honest with her that like I had known what you cut out and I was like look (laughs) I'm not gonna be able to do that right now with my lack of sleep and breastfeeding (laughs) I can only win so many battles at a time and that was just like not a battle that I could like fully cut out Everything that you had. Cause I remember you said, even coffee, that was like a hard thing for you. And I was like, ah, caffeine, like know, I'm living off of it right now. So, yeah, walk us through like the combo of all those small things and how you think, or just in reflection, like how you think that led to, you know, conceiving Georgia. I think you mentioned you did do like 21 day specific focus. Do you feel like that was a huge, did you actually conceive during that window or do you feel like that kind of, like,
1: how did all the puzzle pieces fit together
0: looking back?
1: I will say it's 80-20. So I, I wasn't bought into it. I thought like it was very nitpicky and that all of these little changes wouldn't really affect my health as much. But it's hard to say that it didn't when you're doing before and after blood work, you know? So I, I had to buy into it to start with and really believe that these changes we were making were improving my health. But we did it slowly. So I did cut a couple of things, cold turkey. I started with an elimination diet, which is eliminating anything that could be an inflammatory. So that was like a lot of stuff that I loved. It was dairy, eggs, gluten, pretty much just eating meat, fruits and veggies. And that was it for a little bit, which doesn't sound bad, but then you're also including like coffee creamers or any sweeteners like honey, or like it it gets really kind of like strict after a little bit. But it was after that month that we conceived with Georgia. So I don't know, it's hard to fight against it. But as far as like how to do it, I would say do it very slowly. Don't put a lot of pressure on yourself of like doing it all right away. You as you run out of things, replace them with a healthier option. So like the dish just turgent or whatever, whenever we would run out of it, we would just buy a healthier option or You think about it, like you're washing, you're using this stuff to wash your dishes, which is going in your mouth. And then like your laundry detergent, you're washing your clothes with it, which you wear on your body or like even your intimate, like the intimates that you wash with everything else. Those are going up against very like important parts of your body. So whatever is on and in this detergent is going to be in close contact with you. So, when I started to learn more and think about it that way, it just made a lot more sense of why I needed to change these things rather than being like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, our parents did it and we're fine. But it's like, are we fine? We're kind of struggling with infertility. So, maybe we should try to change some things. And it's not a hard change either. You can just do it over time, it doesn't have to be right away. So, that was helpful. And now, after slowly replacing things over time, I would say our whole house is more like, holistic. Like if Georgia went and drank something under the cabinet, she would be fine. Like we're not carrying bleach around here. So that's actually really like, that's been really helpful all in all. That's kind of how we did it.
0: Yeah. And that's the lifestyle changes. I think were when you're not like, and and it's not to our parents' fault by any means, like we have so many more resources than they had. Like they did not have Google, (laughs) you know, like I actually read something the other day that's like, I'm older than Google or something like that. And that said, like, what year you had to be born. And I was like, Oh, wow, I think I fall into that category of like, I'm actually yeah. older than Google, you know, so yeah. things like that, that we take for granted of like, being able to educate ourselves, our parents didn't have those resources. It was pretty much like, this is what we all use. This is what's bought at Costco or whatever. And mm-hmm. so looking back, I'm like, it it was hard to change things that I didn't know about. And the, the knowledge was the hard piece of like, so if I don't use this, then what do I use? Like I have no one telling me what to use. So did you feel like you got any of that support with Dr. Zen or was it kind of just like word of mouth with friends? Like how did you guys Mm -hmm. try to implement that part of it?
1: Yeah. uh, And I I totally agree with you. It's not fair how our parents, they, and even if they had the information, they didn't have the, they didn't have the stuff. Like there was, you could be like mixing your white vinegar and lemon But that's like pretty much all you could do. There wasn't any other thing out there for you to buy, or even like healthier diapers or whatever. Like there, there wasn't any of that. But Instagram, even has been, there's so many accounts out there now that recommend different brands on like detergents and stuff like that, like which ones are healthy, which ones are not. And they didn't have any of that. And that's how I learned half the stuff.
0: That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. I feel like that makes such a big difference. And I've obviously like from relationships, like me asking you guys, like I know when we've come to visit, I've paid attention to what you guys use and just things like that, where you can kind of start picking up pieces. But is there anything else that you want to share like more along your journey, whether it's from like a tangible perspective or just like from a spiritual perspective that you feel like you want to share with the audience and kind of share what God has done in your life?
1: Yes. So now we we have Georgia. She's one. She'll be one in February. And I I think it would be helpful to share that even when you have what you want, even when you get that thing that you want, you're still going to struggle in the same areas. And when I used to have that thought, I used to think, yeah, but I'll struggle with a baby. Like I'll struggle with the thing that I want. But with having her, it's been so much harder because now that I have her, I'm so scared to lose her. And so it's kind of the same thing of like, okay, God, like I still don't have control. Like I wanted that control of like when I was going to have a baby and how I was going to have a baby. And now that I have a baby, she's still not mine. She's still yours. And that never goes away. Like when you have a baby, you are obviously going to care for your child and want what's best for her and and i wouldn't consider myself like an overbearing mother either like i'm pretty chill <laughs> about most things and i still just struggle so much with something happening to her but there's this elizabeth elliot quote that i've have a picture of in my phone and i just save it to my screensaver every now and then i can read it it says i had been praying for something i wanted very badly it seemed a good thing to have a thing that would make life even more pleasant than it is and would not in any way hinder my work. God did not give it to me. Why? I do not know all of his reasons, of course. The God who orchestrates the universe had a good many things to consider that have not occurred to me, and it is well that I leave them with him. But one thing I do understand, he offers me holiness at the price of relinquishing my will. Do you honestly want to know me, he asks. I answer yes then do what I say, he replies. Do it when you don't understand it. Do it when you do understand it. Take what I give you. Be willing not to have what I do not give you. The very relinquishment of this thing that you so urgently desire is a true demonstration of the sincerity of your lifelong prayer, thy will be done. So instead of hammering on heaven's door for something which is now quite clear, God does not want me to have, I make my desire an offering. The longed-for thing is material for sacrifice. Here, Lord, it's yours. He will, I believe, accept the offering. He will transform it into something redemptive. He may perhaps give it back to me as Isaac to Abraham, but he will know that I fully intend to obey him. And that is totally motherhood, just relinquishing your will to his and whatever it may be that you are wanting control of or wanting to have your own way, just understanding that. I even, at times, had a really hard time with asking myself, what if the Lord never wants for me to have a child? Will I worship Him then? Will I still praise Him? And that was also just really hard, something that I wrestled with, but all in all, just learning like how to relinquish my will to His and being okay with whatever the lot is that he has given to me.
0: Yeah, I think that's kind of the beautiful breaking that comes through uniquely through like the infertility or the fertility trying route that I do feel is a gift that God gives us is being able to be broken of like, that control and then just surrender. And, and that could be in anything, obviously, my personal experiences specifically with trying to conceive. But I, I frequently look back on that season of life being like, gosh, it was just in some ways, like you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, like the idol worship, right? It's like, in some ways, becoming a mom has opened and exposed me to more idols, right? Yeah. Where it's like, now I can idolize my child or I can idolize how I'm parenting or all these different routes, right? Like the impact I'm having, like, am I spending enough time with my child, the job I'm doing, like all these things, right? All of a sudden your exposure is so great, which is a huge blessing to be able to navigate that with the Lord's guidance to be like, okay, I want to raise a child in the way they should go according to God's word. So, okay, now that can also be an idol. You know, Anything can really turn that into it. And there's an element of like When God is withholding something from us that we can really be so, so dependent and in tune in that intimate relationship with him that's so unique because you just have no other choice, that when you're in a position where you do have other alternative ways to kind of fill your cup in some ways, like you have to be so on guard with that because, and that could be the case for anything, but I really felt like, gosh, sometimes I do miss the sweetness. Of just being so dependent on the Lord for everything. And and I need to pursue that even now with however God chooses to answer your prayers. And there was an element of that being almost a little easier in some ways because I didn't have control over that. And now I'm like living in this miracle. And I'm so grateful for that. But it's like, I gotta watch my heart and make sure that doesn't become also an idol in that sense of, you know, and then also having the grace and the mercy and the compassion for people navigating that still, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's not like I did anything to deserve, you know, being a mom or being in this position where we're able to conceive, right? And I think that can also be where the enemy can can just kind of get in there. But I love spending that time. And that's why I love doing this Podcast, just being able to provide women with like pointing back, like just getting in tune with Jesus and having that, like that quote, like I want to put that in the show notes that people can grab it because coming back, course correcting our heart over and over and over again to be in submission and surrender to, to God and to his authority and to his word and taking those thoughts and feelings captive because truly, truly like this is that's the most important thing that we can get out of this, you know, regardless of what approach we take, diet changes that you make, like, it could be easy to look back at both of our stories and be like, oh, these changes that we made are why we conceived. Well, you know, it, it's kind of a perfect storm of like that, plus God's timing, plus what God has for this child, right? And for, for Georgia and her timing of her life. So looking back, do you feel happy about that decision to like pursue that support. Like obviously you got Georgia out of it, but that wasn't (laughs) a guarantee of course. And yeah, like looking back, how do you feel in retrospect with the decision to pursue that specifically at that time in your (laughs) journey?
1: You know, it's so much easier to say, obviously that I'm super like, Joyful about it, and that's the first direction I point anyone. I mean, when you came and asked us, I obviously was like, Go see Dr. Zen, she's gonna like do very thorough work with you. But if, if at this point, so George's one, it would be like three years of trying to conceive. Like, it's hard to say where my heart would be if I hadn't done that, but I would like to say that. I still would want to know what I know now. I think I would just be even deeper. (laughs) I think I would be like super crunchy, like we're never eating out. And thankfully the Lord has kind of protected me from that right now. Like I'm not like no fun ever. But I think, I really do think it's such a good route to take because it is your body. Like you, you want to know what's going on in your body. And there is something biblical about it, just knowing like God knows your body. So the better you can know your body, like help yourself out and learn more and just try to understand a little bit more. And also like if you can try to get your husband on board because it's both of you, like do it together, try to gather some friends, do it with them. But it's once you start, it's a little daunting, but it's actually not as hard. You can find so many good options, especially now. I feel like every week I'm seeing new like health sodas, like there's like Poppy and Ollipop and like... Papa, on pinky. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's so many out there, but there's like five healthy sodas and they're all pretty good. Well, I do like poppy best, but that's besides the point. There's a lot of options and a lot of ways to do it. And I would definitely start there. If I could do it again, I would, I would go that route a hundred percent again.
0: Yeah. I love that. That's so amazing. Thank you for sharing. Thank you so much for your time and sharing your testimony and I'm going to
1: grab that uh,
0: that quote from you and the verses that you shared earlier. I'll put those in the show notes as well. And just appreciate you sharing a little bit more about that. I think it's just a great different perspective that like small things can add up over time. Like, will we ever 100% know exactly why we both conceived when we did under the protocols that we did? No, it won't be like black and white, but we'll be able to look back and be like, we we pursued change and as a result the lord had that timing perfectly met for us with our daughters and so i feel like that's like the powerful takeaway is like don't overlook the small things from your story because that can be a make a huge difference you guys were already healthy before and these small changes added up over time and now like your family is blessed because of that right like georgia gets to grow up learning things differently than we did and that that is a huge legacy that you get to like leave on as well so kind of all starts there but thank you for
1: taking the time to share and any final thoughts you want to share no i i think we've pretty much nailed it all but i just want to encourage women to just not to get outside of yourself and if you're feeling like it's so hard to look at other people's lives, because I've been there. We were in a a Bible study group and everyone was moms except for me. And it seemed like every conversation was about being a mom or something about their children. And I, I just encourage you, like, don't, don't be upset with those people. Don't give up on those people. Like they have good intentions and you can include yourself in those conversations. Like be interested, like ask them and try to invest in those conversations rather than sitting back and being quiet and trying Mm -hmm. to just like not saying anything because you're going inward, be of service, like go hang out with their kids, go on a date with them, go get coffee and like, just be other kids, mom, like just be there and show up. It took me way too long to learn that. So I would definitely, that would be like my closing note is like, continue to serve, continue to sacrifice your time in your efforts and, and be there for others when you can. Wow. Yeah, that's super
0: powerful. And I think a word that a lot of us need to hear in that season, because it goes back to that self-pity note that you mentioned, like we can, oh, so easily, yeah, <laughs> we can fall into that. Right. And that's a word that I think all of us need to hear because now being on the other side, like I'm, you're not trying to isolate people from who are not yet moms. Right. But there is an element of being a mom where it's kind of all consuming in many ways. So you're just trying to figure it out because you're new to it, you know, so
1: that's a beautiful
0: encouragement.
1: As a mom, don't you think like if a woman was, you don't know that she's trying to conceive necessarily, but if she came up and wanted to hang out with you and your kids, you're not going to exclude her just because she's not a mom and you're actually probably going to seek her out a little bit more because she's going to be way more helpful than anyone else. Right, right. Kids running around, so right, there is a lot to learn from moms who are in a position where you want to be. Obviously, Mm. Um, so just take advantage of that and and try your best. It's so hard because it's such a hard thing to not have any control over, but try to love others well and Mm -hmm. practice loving others well in this season. And it really is an opportunity because once you do have children, if Lord willing. Then you're gonna lose that time. <laughs> you're oh, not
0: gonna and you're gonna like, really reap the benefit of those friendships of people who have gone before you. Like the most valuable resource I've had have been women who were already moms before me because they're teaching me so much that I need to learn that I need. You know, so if you isolate yourself from people becoming moms, you're missing that like they are they are the best community to have once you step into motherhood because they've been there. They're walking those trenches. But definitely, I, like just what you're saying, like encourage that being proactive with those relationships, because I think when you're in, when you're on the other side and you're in motherhood, it's easy to miss things or just like, I'm personally more of an introvert. So like, I don't go out of my way to like, really, I need to work on that. But that's something that like, I struggle to initiate social things. Cause sometimes I'm just like, I just want to sleep you know, but I'm also pregnant. So that's part of it. But there's an element of that where I'm like, if someone's showing initiative, I'm like, yeah, let's do that. Because I get excited about that. That's something I struggle to do. And I think when you're in that season, it's hard to initiate because you're worried like, well, I'm not a mom or I'm not this. It's like, well, give them the chance, give them the chance to open up, you know, their homes or that relationship with them because there's so much like I served a couple families even before I had met Josh, like, and it was such a blessing to be able to see how people do family, so that you can kind of figure out like I do want this and I don't want this. You know, all of those are incre- You know, we could go on and on about that conversation, but truly such a good encouragement to leave people with that perspective because there's so much to be gathered there. Like we truly need each other as women, of all walks of life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I love that. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for being willing to share your story and your testimony and. I'm excited for everyone to hear a little bit more and hopefully something about your journey triggers something that can help them kind of take that initiative or even just be that heart check of being like, okay, that was a good heart check. I was making an idol out of X, Y, and Z, and I need to pursue change in that area. So thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah, this was so fun.
0: I am so glad that you chose to meet me at the well today. If this episode inspired you, changed you, or blessed you in some way, I would love for you to do one of two things. First, head to Apple Podcast at that link below and leave a review. And second, screenshot this episode and share it in your stories, tagging me at Sown with Strength, or text it on over to a friend that this episode might bless. These are the number one ways to thank me. I am truly so grateful to be building out this community and I cannot wait to see you on the next episode. Until then, go get a workout done for me and I will see you right back here at the Waiting Well Podcast.